Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Apple's privacy update wiped out over a quarter trillion dollars in market cap from four of the big social media companies. Google is thinking about privacy too, but it ain't going quite as hard as Apple. Michael Jordan and Sons NFT Project Air is doing okay out of the gate, but it did have to pull back from initial projections. YouTube is offering up $50,000 in cash to popular podcasts to convert from audio to video. Hey, YouTube, holler at the tech john right fast. We got you. And we wrap up the show with streaming services talk. Disney Plus is adding an ads tier. NBC is pulling its day after air content off Hulu. And is a cable subscription starting to look like a better option when it comes to bundles? We've got all this and more in episode 25 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Step. And I'm of Atlanta. This is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. Uh, no, no a.k.a. today. I guess that's my a.k.a. A.k.a. No a.k.a. <laughs> well, shoot, I'll take the a.k.a. Because I'm, I'm Tech Gremlins today because my stuff is just I got on early thinking. It's like, you know what? I had a little issues last week. Let me get on early. Get all that stuff straightened out. Stephanie pops on. Hey, Rob, I can't hear you. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> then you get on. It's like, I, I, I could barely hear you. There's a, there's a hum. So there's all kinds of stuff. Then my internet is uh, not wanting to do what it's supposed to do. So hopefully I sound better than I look because I'm looking at YouTube right now and it is, uh, it's a little pixelated for me. And I'm not certain why because my internet is, is great. I was wired and it was worse than I am now wireless. You look fine on my YouTube. So, but anyway, um, how was y'all week? It was busy. I was, I was, I was actually in Atlanta, Terrence, but I was only there for like a day and a half. So only saw my brother and, and was right back out. I was working doing a satellite media tour, um, for a new company uh, that I started working for. So it worked out pretty nice. It was a good gig, quick, made some money, came on back home. So. All right. And then my father turned 80 yesterday. Oh, congratulations. So I was, yeah, I was Tell that young man happy I, birthday. I know. I was disappointed I didn't get to um, get back to Pittsburgh for it. My sister and her family went back and they took him to Top Golf and had a cake and everything. But she had me on FaceTime when they sang happy birthday. And, you know, so I, I, I felt like I was almost there. But, um, you know, Pops is still hanging in there, kicking it. So. I just now realized you have on the Tech John. That looks, that's like the baseball jersey style t-shirt. Baseball jersey, yes. Navy and white with the Tech John logo. It's very soft, very nice. I got it a little, little bigger. I got the medium. 
Um, I think, I think these are like men's sizes maybe. Um, but I got the medium, so I got a little, not too much room. It's not ginormous, but I do have a little room in it to move around in, you know, be working out my arm with the gun show. Um, but I like it. I like it. I got this and I got a, a t-shirt as well. I got one of the women's, um, t-shirts. Uh, I hadn't tried it on yet. Um, but it looks like the same. I mean, it's the same, you know, I think I have that same brand, um, and style of t-shirt on my pressure shop as well. So I know it'll, it'll work. But yeah, I like it. So before we get to our first uh, tech story, I want to tell you guys a little story. Um, I actually posted this on uh, on Twitter this morning. So some people may already, um, you know, have, have read what I'm going to tell you now. But I was at the gym this morning and I got a buddy. Um, I actually used to work with him um, for a long time. So he's a, you know, he's a pretty, you know, pretty good friend. And he tells me, say, hey, I've been listening to uh, your new show. And, uh, it's like, you know, I, I like it. It, it. it first, I thought it was going to be a podcast about black tech. And then after I listened to a few episodes, I realized it's just a tech podcast. So I had to give him some heat over what well, you mean? Just a po- you know, tech podcast. He's like, Oh no, no, no. You know, it's, it's actually really, really good, but your show is a show about tech. And what makes it different is that you just talk about tech. From your perspective, or how did he say it? I think he said it through uh, the lens of your perspective, I think is how he said it. He's like, and it's, it's really interesting because there's things that he's a product manager by trade. So there's things that I've just never thought about that I now f- think I need to think about when I'm putting my products out. So I'm like, okay, there's at least one person out there who's getting what we're trying to put down. I mean, but did he think we weren't going to talk about it from our perspective? Well, I, I, you know, um, we didn't get it, deep into I'm, the I'm conversation. Wonder, I'm, I'm not understanding why he was surprised. That, well, it, no. So, because you know. I hit him with that. that his, his surprise wasn't that it was that he, he thought that we were talking like we, we were going to be a show where we are specifically highlighting like black tech. Like we're going to be talking about like just black developers or black projects or thing like that. So that's what he was thinking when he was going into it. When somebody told him, it's like, Oh yeah, Rob, you know, Rob, and he's got a crew of friends that are doing, uh, you know, a show. I think that's what he thought going in. He's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, this is not what that is. This is a, this is your regular tech show. Um, like any other tech show, but what makes it different, what makes it interesting to me as compared to the myriad of other tech shows that are out there is I actually get to hear tech from a different perspective. Which is what I think we were really trying to That's go for. What we're going for. Yeah, so yeah. he was like, you know, cause he was expecting every show or, you know, every show was going to be black story, black story, black story, black story, black story. And we do that when we need to do that. But we, you know, at the heart of what we do, we, we are all tech heads. We talk about tech, but we just give it to you from our lens. I like how he said it's like, you know, from your lens. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's not something you hear every day. We need more of it. And he was, he was really harking back on to our first episode because I think a lot of people, when they start a new show, they kind of go to the beginning. And so he was listening to our episode zero where we were just talking about all the AI stuff. He was like, you know what? Um, and, and he is, he, he is definitely an ally. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, he was like, yeah, just something else that I just never even knew to think about. And it's like, I'm, he says, I'm certain that I'm biased 
um, unconsciously on a lot of stuff because there's just things I just don't think about. It's like, I probably would have, if I, if I had to create, you know, like this is the conversation we got into. He's like, if I got to create a sensor for a, uh, you know, for a hand dryer, I can't not know now that I need to make sure that, uh, I want to make sure that it works for all skin tones, but I can't tell you that I would have just come to that on my own and thinking about it before. Now he says, I hope when I would, I would have had a diverse enough team that somebody would have said, Hey, we need to make sure this works everywhere. But he was just being real honest and saying, I don't know that I would have myself just come up with that. It's like, Hey, it seems like it works to me when I put my hand under it, we're good to go. So like I said, it was uh it was an interesting conversation and it was, it was unprompted. Uh, you know, I've, I've known this dude for 17, 18 years now and he just out of the blue was like, Hey, yeah, I, you know, I really like your show. I've listened to like the first 10, 12 episodes. So I just thought that I would uh, put that out there on Twitter and, uh, let you guys know. All right. All right. Yeah. Listen, I mean, you know, mission accomplished, yeah. I guess yeah, that, that is what we're trying to do. So, um, yeah. Well, my question would be if you would have <laughs> listened to the show and found out it was in fact, black tech to where all we talked about was black developers and black stories. What would be his response then? Would it have been a, Oh yeah, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, uh, a show to where we exclusively highlight and emphasize and discuss black tech, black tech developers, black tech owners, black tech CEOs, black, whatever the case may be, or would it have been a, uh, I, I wanted that's to. That's not really for me. That's not what well, I Well, I, I will say it like this. He went into it thinking that's what it was, yet he still listened and found out that it was something a little different than that. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the deeper okay. the deeper conversation was like, yeah, you guys, when there is when there is a story that you need to highlight because it absolutely affects your community, you bring that up. But it's like, but I might hear about a new phone. I might hear about what Google's crazy stuff they're doing. I might hear about another reason not to like Facebook. It was he's like, yeah, it's it's a tech show. It's just different voices. You know, diff- like I said, I like how he said it. it's just a, a you know a different lens that I am viewing this show through. I'm I'm getting your perspective on stuff, and like I said, we like so we know each other very very well. I, you know, he you know he's you know you would invite been, him to the cookout. Yes, and he has been invited to the cookout. So, uh, like like I literally like you know he he lives probably ten miles from me. I'll go hang out at his house, you know, um hang out at his parents' house. They're cool too. So uh so he, so he is a good guy. Um like I said, somebody I consider to be a friend. But I just thought that was a you know interesting tidbit that I would just kind of throw out there. And it's like, hey, at least one person is getting w- what it is that we're doing. But Terrence, I thought exactly what you said. It's like what if it was what you thought it was? But the fact that I had to think about that. It's like wait a minute. If it was what you thought it was, you still came to listen to see what it was. So, and actually discovered through listening. I mean, he said, yeah, I've, I've been binge listening. I've gone through about 10 episodes over the last couple of weeks. So right. I just thought that was cool. Right. So, nope. well, tell him to tell a friend. We'll tell him to tell a friend. But I know we need to get into some tech uh, news that is uh, that's kind of current instead of talking about our episode zero. But before we do. Just want to remind everyone that you can support the Tech John over on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John and you can, uh, you know, sign up over there and support the shows, uh, on a myriad of ways. And one of the things you will get access to is the live stream that we're doing right now and the after party that we will do after the live stream is done. So I just wanted to put that out there for all the folks. Uh, patreon.com forward slash the Tech J A W N. And with that, let's get into our first story. I saw this. Um, 
And I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. Uh, Apple privacy changes wipe out over a quarter of a trillion with a T, a quarter trillion dollars. I think the exact number was like two hundred and seventy eight billion dollars uh, in less than a year from just four companies. That's not like the entire stock market. That is four companies. That is, you know, Facebook being the biggest of them. What is Facebook, Twitter, Snap and uh, Pinterest? Pinterest. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's significant. Now, that's not a quarter trillion dollars that they lost. That's just a quarter trillion dollars in their market caps that's down so that, you know, their stock prices have gone down. But that's that's significant. And it's all stems from the security change that uh, Apple released uh, last year. I think it was around the April time frame when they basically just prevented you unless you opted in from being tracked across websites. On, on iPhones or iOS devices. So yep, that just highlights uh, free ain't free. Uh, mm-hmm. All of those platforms that you mentioned, uh, you said Meta, which is Facebook, um, Pinterest, Snap, uh, and Twitter. You know, all those are free services that we can use. All we got to do is create an account, create a profile, do that, and you're good to go, right? So a lot of people will scoff at the idea or the mere mention of saying, well, what if you had to pay a dollar or two a month for Twitter or Facebook or any other platform? A lot of people are like, uh, uh, I ain't doing that. It's free. It's free. You know, they ain't already got us with the free. They can't turn around and charge us for a premium. All right. Well, the joke's on you. You are giving them something and mm-hmm. it ain't just money. You're giving them your data. So now all of a sudden Apple's come out with this, uh, privacy security thing and they're like, good for Apple to, to, uh, uh, cut all these uh, companies out of being able to track me. I'm like, well, which one is it? You don't want to, you don't want to pay for the platform, which if you pay for the platform, maybe, you know, maybe uh, these companies may say, okay, well, we ain't got to work as hard to track you to get your data because we need the money. You're giving us some money up front. We got to work as hard on the back end, right? You can't be like, okay, I want it to be free, but then be upset that they get the money on the back end. Which one is it? Can't have your cake and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the revenue models shift because they're going to need to shift, obviously, because I always ask the app not to track when provide when presented with that option. I always say no. Um, So, you know, without that, there was a huge, you know, faucet of just kind of unlimited money that was pouring out for for these companies. and, And it got closed just a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they just adjust their earnings forecasts and, and decide that we just going to be making less money from now on, or will they come up with some other, um, revenue models that may include a subscription, um, service like Terrence mentioned? Yeah, I think they're going to, they're going to figure this out. Uh, these companies are huge. They're not going to just not make money. Um, they, 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 they will. They've they've got a lot of people who have uh, a lot of ideas about okay well if we do what if we do this or what if we do that or what if we do this so um, I I absolutely believe that it's going to come back but like I said the number the two hundred seventy eight almost two hundred eighty billion dollars yeah. it's like when you think or not billion yeah billion um, you know how much money that is uh, you know it's like it's insane I mean a, a billion is a thousand insane. million. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a thousand million is a billion. So this is two hundred and seventy-eight thousand million dollars that uh, these uh, market caps are down. But ain't that crazy? It's just the market cap. It ain't like they're not making any less money. The problem is, which is my whole gripe about. I mean, 
capitalism as a whole. It's just like, all right, uh, where we look bad because we're not making as much money as we said we was going to make. Now we made a bunch of money mm-hmm. but because we didn't make as much money as we said we was. Everything's out of whack and right. which is crazy, but th- it's like how much is thing. enough really <laughs> okay. like when, when will it ever be enough? And it doesn't seem like there is a ceiling. Infinity on, is like, not yeah, enough. Seriously. Infinity is literally it's, not it's enough. Insane. It's like, what is, what is it going to take? And, and you can't scale forever. You can't grow forever. You, there's only a finite amount of people on the planet. You know, if you put a smartphone in the hand of every person on the planet, you figured out a way to, to get them into the, you know, rainforest of the Amazon or something, like there would still be a limit, you know, as X approaches zero or as X approaches infinity, you know, on how much money you make and like, how, like, when is enough enough? So, um, Google is, they're going to be doing some similar things too. Now, um, Google announced something called their privacy sandbox a few weeks back. And initially, even my, myself, I had an adverse reaction to it because I didn't read all the details of all the stuff that Google put out. Because one of the things that they're going to do, instead of actually having a cookie, um, and for those who don't know, a cookie is basically a little file that sits on your machine. It you know, comes by way of your web browser that you log into. And it basically allows one site to, you know, if you have a cookie dropped here, you go to another site. If, if the website can recognize that cookie, it then can know who you are. And there's information that can be tied to it and so on and so forth. Well, Apple has basically said, no, unless you opt into that, we're turning all that stuff off. Well, Google, um, they didn't just turn it off like Apple. Um, if, if, if I remember correctly, this is going all the way back to 2020. Facebook was pretty up in arms. I mean, they even put out some stuff. I would call this facetious. It was like, but you know, but what about the small companies and stuff like that? It's like, you were really worried about the small companies or the $169 billion that you lost, uh, or, or were go- right. estimating that you were going to lose. Yeah. It was, um, so, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was def- disingenuous is a strong word. And that probably was the word to use, but Google, is uh, saying, well, we need to do something different. Um, you know, clearly uh, people are saying we don't like being tracked this way. So they have come out with this privacy sandbox, but they're taking a different approach. Apple kind of said, hey, we're doing this. And then I don't know, four months, five months, six months later, they actually did it. Google is saying, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build all these additional tools. We're going to allow uh, our partners to opt into it, um, you know, over the, you know, the course of the next couple of years. So is, is two years quick, quick enough? Listen, Who's to say? But Google. I, but- Excuse my French. Google's full of shit. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing, this whole sandbox thing is is bullshit because it's just like, number, first of all, if it's opt in, no one's going to opt in. No, no advertiser is going to opt into this, you know, and, and willingly give up making money for anybody's privacy. If they if they wanted to do that, they would be doing it now. So like. Come on. And, you know, the fact that you're trying to stretch it out over two years and, you know, you're, you're doing all the, it, it, you're, you're, you're trying to just, you know, drip all these little breadcrumbs along to, to see if anybody takes the bait. It's, it's like, stop. Yeah. I, I feel insulted. Honestly, my intelligence feels insulted by this entire thing and the, the article I read, everything. I was like, come on, Google. Um, and my, and my thing was, it's not consumer facing. This is more private advertising solutions for the advertisers. If I'm reading this correctly, 
And that goes just uh, further adds to Stephanie's point. It's like, what advertiser is going to be like, um, we yeah, we're going to turn much. this thing on that's going <laughs> to allow us to make money. I mean, if Google's going to do something, which clearly it doesn't look like they want to, they would make something consumer facing because, again, proof is it proof shows via Apple doing their thing with the iPhone and users, like Stephanie said. I mean, I'm one of those people to where it says ask app not to track. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Google fans or Google users or Google consumers are going to do the same exact thing. So it's like uh, for them to be make it advertiser facing and not even consumer facing is, again, a slap in the face. It's optics. To, it, it's yeah. all optics. It feels um, like it's all optics. So, right now. like I said, I had some uh, on another show. I had some very, very strong opinions. I've gone back and I've read some additional stuff. My opinions didn't change a whole lot, but I will give Google this benefit of the doubt when it comes to this. Um, they're saying it's going to be opt in. But does that mean that eventually this is our new system and you all have to do it? And this is the time frame that we're that we're planning on pushing this stuff out. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, back to your point, though, Terrence, why are they making this an advertiser thing as compared to a consumer thing? Well, here's the fundamental difference in between how a company like Google, um, Facebook, Pinterest, um, Instagram, how they make their money compared to Apple. Apple makes their money by selling you things mm-hmm. um, that you use to do stuff with. Mm-hmm. Google makes their money by selling you to <laughs> to whomever, right. uh, you know, the highest bidder mm-hmm. is. So they're not going to say, OK, well, right now, if we were to push this out based off of what we see, what happened with Apple, because even though Apple is just one data point, it's a big data point. They know what's going to happen if they push that out. Overwhelmingly, most people are going to say, no, nah, I don't want to be tracked this way. And if that's the case, then if they were to build it based off of that type of metric, uh, then Google's advertising dollars dry up darn near overnight. Um, right. It may not be as, you know, as as bad as it was for for Meta or some of these other companies that are very, very U.S. centric, but it would still be very, very, very bad because Google does a lot of business here. So I think that what well, they're doing it, is that it, we're going to figure this out. Too. Google knows they have us because if you start the, doing this with Android, somebody's going to look at that search engine eventually and say, why aren't you doing some similar things there? And, you know, search is still Google's bread and butter, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't even think they want to go there. I don't even think they want to open that door to the scrutiny that search could face if they implement this stuff on Android. So it's just like y'all ain't fooling nobody. Y'all, y'all got to say something because Apple's done it. And you want to look, you know, you want to appear as if you actually care about your users and, and, and all the rest of that. But, you know, honestly, this is a ton of lip service. I'm just, I just want to read the last sentence of, of the, the one of the articles. Since Google is not making any privacy changes mandatory, it is basically asking advertising companies to voluntarily stop collecting data on users. If advertisers wanted to do that, they could make that change today. Advertisers don't actually need to wait for a technical solution to be finished. So it it it, it just feels like a whole lot of lip service um, to keep, you know, whatever regulators and government might be watching what happens here and and public sentiment, you know, because all everybody's, you know, Android users are like, well, iOS users can do this why can't we do this and it's like you know we got to tell them something so so let's give them this little piecemeal multi-year strategy 
that's voluntary that may not ever happen anyway, but we got to say something. And that that's what it sounds like to me. Right. And to answer your question, well, not to respond, to respond to what you said, Rob, about Apple and Google and Facebook, two, you know, two different type of revenue streams. It sounds like they did this in response to what Apple did and in response to public sentiment. So mm-hmm. how are you going to respond to something that Apple did if, in fact, two different type of revenues? Why would you even feel the need to respond at all? You could just say, oh, well, Apple makes some money doing this. We make our money doing that. We can't possibly do that. So we're not even going to respond. Why do you feel the need, need to respond to something Apple did? And two, uh, like Stephanie mentioned, um, consumer sentiment. Why say something about privacy, about these changes that won't even touch consumers at all if you're responding out of consumer sentiment? A um, couple of reasons. They don't want to get regulated. That's a big one. Um, you know, it's just true, but you know, they don't want to get regulated. And then I think it's on some level, Google doesn't want to upset its user base because, you know, I just bought a brand new, um, uh, you know, Galaxy S22. Do you know what was sitting about 12 feet away from it? A brand new iPhone 13 Pro Max or Pro 13, right? Whatever, whatever, whatever you call it. They're, they're like literally, like you, you could almost run and jump from one to the other. So right now, um, you know, so many people are like, no, nah, I'm not opting in the ads. I don't want you tracking me. Um, you, you can see what those numbers are, uh, based off of how much the, uh, the market cap has gone down in these companies. I mean, you can tell this, like there is a big difference in how things used to be and how they are right now. Google sees that they know that and it would be foolish for them not to. Try, at least try to get in front of that as much as they can because they want to keep people on their platform. That's how they ultimately make money. That you know, um, Google isn't making as much money if people move off Android and go to iOS. So I think that you know, um, is it are, we're doing this because we just want to absolutely do what is best for our users? No, we're, they're doing it because we want to do what's best for our users, which is also best for us. Um, I think that's kind of what it is. And so let me so let me ask you two. Can you actually, because they talk a lot about in, in, in all of these articles about having a privacy preserving ad system. Can you have that? Can you have a privacy preserving ad system? And if so, what could that look like? I, I guess it depends on how you define private. Do I provide, define private as, as long as information that is out there about me can't be tied directly to me mm-hmm. or versus just being tied so to like anonymized information, a, a profile, yeah, a black, a black man, mid forties, family, husband, wife live in the suburbs. That's information that is about me, but it doesn't say Terrence Gaines mm-hmm. lives in this state does right. this works at this makes money doing this, you know, that sort of thing goes to these right. websites, browses these things, spends this long on this website versus spending this long on this website, that information, I'd be like, Hey, back up. But the first information is like, okay, well, I still consider that private. Now, if they can do that and just, I, I think more people would be kind of okay. But mm-hmm. the fact that these, inf- these, um, way these companies track you is like, they know, Everything. How long you on the internet? Mm-hmm. What you buy? Where you Everything. buy? What you use to buy? Credit card mm-hmm. versus this and that. And it's like, oh, back up. <laughs> yeah, with, with Google, um, you know, the way that things used to work was that they actually had these cookies where they were uniquely identifying you. They knew who you were, you know, um, to the person. Um, the way that 
from my understanding that it's going to work now is that they're not going to uni- they're not going to continue to uniquely identify you. They're going to put you into buckets. So did, w- were you on the shopping cart and did you exit? So maybe now you're going to be in a abandoned shop- shopping cart bucket. Now, my initial reaction was that, well, I don't need to unite uniquely identify you if I put you in enough buckets. If I got you in 100, 110, 120 buckets, I know you enough about you that I down. pretty much yeah. can narrow it down. Um, I was wrong on that. They're actually not allowing that to happen. So there's going to be a finite number and it's relatively small, five, you know, um, five, you know, between five and 10, I believe, uh, you know, ultimate categories or containers that you can be in at any one given time. That is not enough to uniquely identify you. So it's going to be, once again, you were on this page looking at clubs. You actually went to the shopping cart. You abandoned it. We now know that you were looking at golf clubs, uh, you know, on this page. If you come up on one of our sister sites or something like that, we can maybe put that app back in front of you to get you to try to come back in and finish your cart. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this works. I understand why they're taking two years because Google has to figure out how can we not wreck our revenue stream? Um, you know, while still giving people what they're asking for, uh, a, le- a level of, you know, anonymity. Uh, I can't, I can never say that word, but they want to be anonymous. What, you know, however you say right. that with the ITY at the end, that's the I word know. I'm trying to say. There you go. Yeah. Um, they're still trying to, uh, well, people want that. Well, how can we do that and still track them? ultimately sell them stuff, ultimately put ads right. in front of them and then get them to click and buy. And again, you know, this is this is the, you know, tip of the iceberg for Google specifically because it starts with Android, but it continues into search, it continues into YouTube, it continues into to all of their properties. You know, Apple has less skin in the game, if you will, um, as far as devices go, because they are primarily a hardware company. Um, and privacy is one of their selling features. So, you know, they have a little less to lose if they hadn't, you know, necessarily adhered to all of these policies in the first place. But, you know, Google, I, I just, I just think they, they don't want anybody to really pull that curtain all the way back. So they're doing just enough, um, to keep it mostly closed. Yeah, right now, if you pull it back, there's not much there because they haven't created this stuff yet. They've given themselves a two-year window to try to try to figure this out. Right. But that's right. my point is why they're they're giving themselves so much time because they don't want this conversation to extend into all of the rest of their properties. And I think most likely search would be the one they'd be trying to hold on to the tightest. We'll have to talk about search on uh on another episode. <laughs> I got a lot. I got so. I got. I got. I got. I got so many thoughts about search, but it's like, but man, Google is just so good. It's just you know, it their search engine is is really really good at what it does. Yeah. So, um, you know, Terrence, we talked about this uh, this next story here a little bit when I think when we first heard about it, but it looks like now that uh, Michael Jordan and Son they have their uh, NFTs out, and you say it's doing actually pretty good, or at least okay. Well, <laughs> you got to read the details, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, Michael Jordan and his son have created a NFT project and it looks on the surface. It looks like what you would think of right now. When you think of an NFT, 
you know, you see these, the, the weird pictures and they look kind of the same, but they look a little bit different and they're fungible tokens. Very Andy Warhol esque. Right, right. So to, to, so what the NFTs look like is you think of Michael Jordan, you think of him on the Chicago Bulls. So there's a bull and on the horns of the bull, there are rings. So to, to signify the six championships he won with Chicago Bulls. No Michael Jordan specific, uh, no jump man. No, you know, cigars, no Hanes underwear, you know, anything, you know, no Air Jordans, no Jordan ones, nothing that you that tied directly to Michael Jordan. But if you are a sports fan, if you're a Bulls fan or you're Michael Jordan fan, you get it right. But (laughs) but so that's so that's why this was kind of interesting to me, because this is a little bit different. When you like I said, when you think of a traditional NFT, you know, I'm buying a digital image that is tied to me via cryptocurrency, yada, 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 right? Well, this, what this does is it don't have this whole bunch of, um, differentiation. There's a couple, couple of different colors to choose from, but you getting that NFT according to this project is going to give you a certain status and they call it founding fan status and will give you access to exclusive content and limited access communities known as huddles. So what they're trying to do is instead of you just getting a picture and saying, Oh, this picture is mine. You, this picture represents a, I guess you call it badge. That's supposed to give you access to extra stuff. So, but the, not the problem. The issue with these particular NFTs is because again, it doesn't have anything related to Michael Jordan. So a lot of people, when they're buying, the fandom that is Michael Jordan, they're looking for something specific. Mm-hmm. So when they announced all these NFTs, they had to dial back the amount that they were selling because I guess the numbers wasn't looking right. So they actually had to cut it in half. So let me just read this part. Uh, 10,000, a little over 10,000 NFTs were originally slated to be available for minting at 2.3. SOL. I'm assuming that's a, um, a particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, Solana, Solana okay. Uh, crypto, which costs about 193 dollars. So you you're paying a little under 200 dollars to choose the specific NFT, and then you get access to these special huddles. But that number was cut in half to a little over 5,000 due to lower demand than anticipated. This may be due to the fact that Michael Jordan himself is nowhere to be seen on the tokens. So regardless of how successful animal characters have proven to be in the metaverse. And when they say those characters, you think of the apes, you think of all these different Mm -hmm. characters that people and they say it's about the community. It's about the community. But really, they're just putting these things up on Twitter. Right. (laughs) It's about the cash grab. Honestly, I'm like, y'all ain't fooling nobody. Y'all jumping on the NFT bandwagon because you can, you know, you go on, you go and get that bag real quick, snatch and grab all you can in the moment. And then you'll be gone. I'm like, y'all ain't fooling nobody. So that was my question I was going to ask is their idea of using an NFT to grant people access to exclusive content, like a founders members only club exclusivity. You know, you're part of this special group. They get these special things. Kind of sounds you know, like our, a, like our Patreon a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right. Been yeah. Done. It, it's been done. It, yeah. it just, they just want to 
ride the wave of of the latest technology and the and the 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 hype really that why the, the wave of the hype of nfts right now and and who knows what's going to happen with them i'm not bullish on them right now myself but you know get the bag mike get the bag i, I so, said you know what i mean he's so trying to get quick, his so, a little money get the bag <laughs> so that's what i was going to ask is this something that people would use to be more intrigued in NFTs or are people still looking towards the, I want a picture and the exclusivity is this one picture, this one item or this one artifact that I own or are people looking towards, okay, I'm using this NFT for exclusive access to extra stuff. And this is just a, a token, my, my entry only pass to get into this extra club. I, I kind of figure how are people looking at it now? So the answer to your question, cause I actually have it is yes. No, maybe, sort of, <laughs> kinda, probably, and eventually. The, 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 that is the right. that is the actual answer to this. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I've been saying this a lot on this show. Somebody's got to be first. Uh, so, th- th- you know, I don't even know how much of Jordan's own money went into this, but the dude is a you know is a billionaire. <laughs> so it wasn't you know it was you know, a rounding air compared to what he has. And I think right. that it's like, th- this is the wild, wild West right now. People are going to, let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. One thing I can absolutely tell you, NFTs are a thing. We just haven't figured out what thing they are yet, but they're, they're here uh, and they're going to be using them. And I'm looking more to things like when you can actually sign a contract via NFT, when you can actually, uh, you know, um, you know, your paperwork came through, you know, NFT, you bought a house via or not, not necessarily buy the house, but you did, the, you know, all the paperwork for the closing of the house uh, was done via NFT technology I, I see eventually when somebody figures that stuff out right um you know we'll be using it oh, more yeah. so Definitely. so i don't get mad at any of these folks i actually have you know an internet friend uh never met the person you know just have corresponded with them you know online you know twitter and facebook for you know for several years now but he literally just launched uh something called savage kingdom which is a nft uh you know collection that you know he and the company that he put together you know put up is it going to be the thing I have no, I, there's no way for me to tell you, uh, that it's going to be the thing. The images look kind of dope, but it's like, I don't know if I'm really personally, how many people are going to pay that much money to have an image that you, you know, wh- what are you going to do with it? Is it art? Do you put it on a, you know, on a, you know, a wall mounted TV that you're just going to display it all the time? Is it your avatar? You know, you know, what do we do? I think people are still trying to figure all that stuff out when it comes to mm-hmm. NFTs because we still so strongly associate them with images. Why? Because that's those are the things right now that are you know in the front of our mind because that's what's being put in front of us we see most of these nft projects have something to do with some type of picture so like i said but i i would say yes and yes to that question terrence because because actually this is not this model's not new either um there are already folks using nfts for concert access in the metaverse virtual concert access so they're using using them as tickets um that you know you depending on the price level you you pay for maybe you get backstage vip access you know in vr or whatever so this is you know the idea that they have this this founding fans group is not new or or a novel idea there are not many people doing it but it has been done to where the nft grants you access to something else as opposed to just holding a uh the the metadata for a digital image because you're not even holding the digital image you're holding the metadata for the digital image and um 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, to your point, Rob, that would be, you know, more in line with what I see NFTs being used for is access to other things. You know, once once the center land is fully built and somebody want to get in Snoop's house, you know what I mean? Maybe you need an NFT key or NFT VIP pass um, to, to come in Snoop's house and go to the party, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So um, it, it definitely is, you know, like, like I said, I ain't mad. Get the bag. Get the bag. At the end of the day, get the bag. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So, speaking of getting bags, um, YouTube, holler at us right, right fast. Uh, Listen. Y'all offering $50,000 for podcasts? I'm researching how we can apply or who I need to talk to or whatever, because we need to be in on this. For real. <laughs> so the, the story here is YouTube is offering $50,000 for podcasters to switch to video. And it's not just that. They're not just stopping there. It's like 50000 for like individual podcasts. But if you're like a podcast network, it's what is it, two to 300000 that they're offering mm-hmm. for it. That is not insignificant money by any I stretch of the imagination. So holla at your boy, we your boy, and your girl money. on this stuff. We getting our money. <laughs> so it se- yes. So it seems like, you know, um, Google and YouTube to the extent is trying to get more people on the platform specifically with podcasters. Because again, like I said, most podcasters, we start audio first and then maybe say, okay, well, you know, like ours, so for perfect example, it's like, okay, well, we need to f- put some stuff on social media. Let's make video. All right. Well, where are we going to put, the, where are we going to host a video? Eh, YouTube, <laughs> right? And just throw it on YouTube, right? But I think YouTube is seeing or Google as a parent company or I guess higher up alphabet, um, is seeing that, okay, well, there are a lot of people doing that, you know, so let's go ahead and help these folks out or try to get them to step up their video game, which Rob mentions not cheap. Which is why they're offering 50k for individual publishers and up to $300,000 for podcast networks. They're grants, not loans. Again, there's no more information learned, known about this. Is there a, um, is there an application process? Are they just going to pick people? Is it going to be based on numbers? Is it going to be how many? Out to some folks on LinkedIn <laughs> and be like, "Yo, holla!" YouTube trying to get some of that Spotify money back. Right, um, right, you know, right. Joe Rogan was on that platform for a long time, and you know, went to Spotify when they, you know, cut him that huge check. And mm-hmm. I think they're trying to get some of that. Um, content back. They probably won't get him back, but um, some of the content that, you know, could be driving eyeballs to their site um, back on the platform uh, to create a separate podcast vertical. Yeah, and I think a, a, another angle of this is that that's probably a big part of it. Another big part of it is that Google is trying to be that big giant company that is always flirting with antitrust type stuff because of how big and everything that they're doing. And it's like, oh, you know what? These companies are making money doing podcasts. Maybe we should too. 
Um, so it's just another thing, another tentacle another under the thing. umbrella of, uh, you know, of Google. That's a good, that's a good way to describe another, it. Tentacle. another tentacle. And ultimately, if they know what you're listening to, they know what ads to push to you because there's no question in my mind. They're not going to be keeping, you know, uh, they're not going to keep data on who's listening to what. Because, you know, you it's just like, if I know what you watch every day and I know what you listen to every day, I probably can figure out a, a company to put in front of you that you might find appealing. So, uh, so, so I definitely see that, uh, you know, from a Google standpoint. But here's something that I, here's something I didn't know about Google. Do you guys realize how many people actually listen to audio first or audio only podcast on YouTube? It's like I don't I don't think it's quite twenty percent, but it's like it is a big number. It's like seventeen, eighteen percent. How are they doing it? Is it Google Podcasts? It, what what are they? What platform so, are they getting this information from? <laughs> Reason why I ask is because you know the, the Google has been trying this, and they're up to their fourth attempt on trying to do podcasts, and then the next thing up is close to be YouTube podcasts. I don't know how this whole video thing fits in all that, but where are they getting this information up from when they don't have like a one thing? App, app, Apple has podcasts. Spotify has Spotify. Google's like this. All right, we still well, trying a bunch of things. So this number isn't necessarily coming from Google. It is coming okay. from people's statistics on how many people, like they're looking at, okay, we have, so for example, us, we actually have, uh, you know, several different channels. We have our channel for the public that everybody can get to by going to SMR pocket, by, excuse me, by going to the techjohn.com and just getting our feed, you know, right from there. Um, they can see, you know, um, we can see how many people are listening to our show based on that. We also can go and look at our YouTube channel and say, okay, well, if we, if we were putting a full show, uh, in YouTube, we can then see, okay, well, we're getting this many people who are looking at here. So it's like, well, if I get, you know, four people who are listening on my, uh, RSS, you know, feed from my podcatching application or, and I'm getting, you know, um, for every four, I get one from YouTube. I can just very say, okay, well, you know, um, you know, one out of five is 20%. So I think that that's ultimately what's happening. But, um, I was like, you know, somebody was asking me, was like, you know, um, what, can you just listen to a podcast on YouTube? It's like, no, nobody ever does that. But it's like, no, there are quite a few people who do that. And I think that many of them may actually have the service where they can like skip all the ads and all that kind of stuff, uh, inside of listening the to their YouTube. So the it's YouTube premium, but it's kind of one of those things to where if that is an app that you're used to using all the time, when you do, when you go search for something, you probably just going to search what you're automatically used to using. And that, you know, that, that is one of the things that uh, I think Spotify is kind of banking on. If you come here and you get your music here, well, you can come here and you get your podcast here. And now Spotify is starting to move into the video space. Well, you can just come here and you get your video right here inside of Spotify. I think that Google, um, not because they necessarily thought of it, just because people are just doing it. Um, podcasts are now actually starting to show up, um, where they are audio first type shows. Uh, clearly, you know, YouTube is the place to go for vlogs and all that kind of stuff and actual, uh, video first type shows, but you know, shows where literally it is, you know, you know, people who are talking into a microphone. Sometimes you'll actually see the talking heads like you would see with us. Sometimes you don't even see that. Sometimes you just see their logo and all you do is go and listen, or it is an hour long wave file. So you just put it on play while you're, you know, cleaning the house, working out, doing whatever. And you just listen to your podcast in the same application that you listen to all the rest of your content. 
iPad in. And I was like, wow, I, did, I never really thought about that because it's not, that's not my listening mode. I have every uh, podcasting app you can imagine, um, you know, between, you know, a couple of phones and a couple of tablets. But I guess for like a lot of folks, like it's just easy to do. I guess, yeah, because I mean, Google is the second largest search engine in the world. Right. You know, I'm not Google, uh, YouTube. YouTube is right. the second largest search engine in the world. Yeah. So, you know, if, if the longer I can keep people on this platform and then for, for the podcast themselves, you know, if I'm just doing a quick upload after I have recorded anyway, just so it can live on that platform as well. And, and now my SEO is better. Now my ability to be found is better. Now my reach can be better. Like, why wouldn't I put it up there if I could? Um, I'm surprised it's only 20%, uh, truthfully. Um, but yeah, it's just like, why not? But I was just like, I, I just would have never guessed that that many people were listening to podcasts via a visual first medium. But I guess it like I said, it's just easy to do now. Now, here's something that also kind of shocks me how bad podcast discovery is and why Google hasn't addressed this or fixed it yet. Um, it is hard to find a good podcast. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. Discovery is not there. If you, if you go like most people automatically, I'm just going to go to iTunes and look there. If you know the name of a show, you can probably find it. But if you're looking for, I just want a show that has these, these characteristics, you'll get the top two, three percent. But you know, beyond that, it's just very difficult, uh, to discover podcasts that that is not a nut that has been cracked yet. And I'm just shocked that Google has not done this. So I'm wondering now because, you know, they, they have definitely in the last couple of years, they have fully pushed into the Google podcasting app. I think that's what they've settled on. Um, they've made it part of Android. It actually, you know, is a web app is in, in addition to an actual uh, APK file that you can download and physically install, but you don't have to have it installed. You literally can just go and start listening to podcasts right on your Android phone without having to download anything. And then you have the opportunity to actually install the application if you choose to go further with it. Um, wondering if google is going to actually get better at discovery because it is it is it is ridiculously hard when you think about how easy it is to find just about anything on the internet when it comes to there's written content for it or video content for it but when it comes to audio content it is still relative it is relatively difficult to find audio content sounds like a better mousetrap is waiting for waiting to be built so, y'all, we had a story uh, that we talked about a few episodes back, uh, and we were all very anti <laughs> what the IRS was 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 going to do. But ultimately, um, the IRS was, you know, uh, as early as this summer, they were going to push to where you were going to use uh, facial ID to authenticate with uh, IRS systems, not necessarily to get your refund or to log in to be able to pay your taxes, but to get any information about your account. And all the red flags for us went up about how, you know, is the facial recognition going to work? Is it going to work slower for people of color? Are we going to have to, you know, um, because it doesn't work for us, are we now going to be forced to go and ask questions on a on an 800 number that you can't get through? All those kind of things were the things that we initially thought. But I guess enough other people thought about it as well that uh, the IRS has decided to uh, backtrack. Now, this isn't new news. They, they actually uh, this has been, you know, a few weeks or a month even. They've, uh, you know, did their about face on that. But I guess we wanted to go and put an update out about that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's worthwhile for people to know that they have an option now because the IRS is not 
is they're, they're going to continue to use facial recognition or, or offer facial recognition as an option to log in for certain services through the end of this tax season. But they will also offer the option to verify your identity through a video chat with a live um, representative. So you know, you get you get those options. They are, they are also saying um, and promising that they will be deleting um, all of the captures and all of the other. Because right now, the way the the um, face ID is working is that you have to upload um, some sort of identification, some sort of photo identification. Then you have to take a selfie of yourself, and the AI compares those two pictures to see if you are who you say you are. Um, they're claiming they're getting rid of all of that old uh, biometric data. Um, hopefully that is the case. But um, it, it still leaves a lot of questions, you know, open. You know, they, they're not giving any particular timeline for when that biometric data gets deleted. You know, if the video chat that you have with this representative to, to verify your face is recorded, they still got your face on camera and, and safe somewhere. So, you know, are those chats going to be deleted as well? It, it's it's a lot to 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 think about and and process. And, you know, they, they're moving to some login dot gov um setup which i'm not intimately familiar with um after this tax season but um i i think the irs is still going to have quite a bit of our our biometric data if, if you've already done it that way you know what i think i think somebody owner founder main person at id.me had a hookup had the inside tracked mm-hmm. with somebody from the previous administration and they were able to push this project through when the old administration left and a new administration came in. And I'm not saying that's the only reason, because, you know, in this story that we're reading in CNN, they've got the algorithm, algorithmic justice league that was fighting against. I don't know where they came up with that name from, but this, uh, the electronic privacy information center, American civil liberties union, all these people say, Hey, what, what are y'all trying to do? Hold up, you know, and put the kibosh on this thing. But I think it, because it feels so weird that the IRS of all the places to start with facial recognition, the DMV, uh, you know, all these other places, they did the IRS, right? Well, no, Which, they're, they're, they didn't start with the IRS. Yeah, ID.me, okay. the company. No, I'm talking about, their well, I'm talking about the, the Go government ahead. working with ID.me. They started. The government started with um, uh, IRS.gov. No, no, they, no, no, they've no. been working with a bunch of different governments. Yeah, there's a bunch of different oh, agencies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. yeah, that's how we were able to find out that IDME um, was not that great, that they were actually having uh, a fair amount of issues uh, with it uh, because it was like, well, wait a minute. This is not working on this site that's going to get one one tenth of the, you know, the, the amount of traffic that the IRS.gov is going to get. If it's not working for us, what makes you think it's going to work for, you know, for them? You know, right. fix it's us first come, before you actually go. Come, you know, April 13th when everybody starts trying to file their stuff right. and, okay. and stuff start crashing and stuff not working. And now you got all of this data you know, that, that you claiming you're going to get rid of and you're claiming you'll delete afterwards and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah. It just, it just wasn't a good look, but I, I agree yeah. that ID.me probably got a hookup from somebody 
in some federal office. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can all use this. This will be great. This will be mm-hmm. great. And, and, and didn't do their due diligence and really right, right. the software yeah. so it'll, like they should have. Um, so let me just say this. I am not against the IRS verifying people accurately. I just want to make sure that whatever you're going to use is going to verify people accurately. And it's like, in, right. you know, th- just the fact that we heard this, you know, was it late last year, early this year that we heard this and it was going to go into effect by the summer? It's like, whoa, it's like, right. you know, this like, is the government. Well. It's like, you know, exactly. It's like, you know how much time the government takes you to do stuff that they well. think about? It's like they hold hold your horses you know slow up rethink all this so for me i'm just glad that okay they they are pulling back like i said i have no problem with them figuring out how to uh how to verify you that that is not an issue and you know there were some things that we heard about this story and it's like uh, you you have to get through the noise because a lot of people are saying a lot of just you know insane stuff that this wasn't it's like no they're trying to you know here's a picture uh, of you on your phone. Here's a ID that they know. We're going to match those pictures up to verify who you are. Um, so that you can now get access to this very, you know, critical information. Don't have a problem with that. My problem was always, are you sure that works? Are you sure that's going to work for everybody? Because here's the thing. If it doesn't work for you, then you have to call an 800 number. And you've got to wait in the queue and you've got to wait until someone gets to you, verifies you by other means and then pushes you through. And what I saw coming was just a massive bottleneck. Well, and also, if it doesn't work now, are you going to be accused of fraud? You know what I mean? Now, if my pictures don't match because your AI doesn't work, am I going to be accused of, of tax fraud? You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's the bigger issue. I, if I got to wait to ask my question about my taxes, I mean, that's an inconvenience, but whatever. But if you saying, well, your pictures don't match. Now we suspect that you may be trying to, you yeah, know, to audit, you, right. yeah. <laughs> then, then that's, that's the, that's the problem. Yeah. And then, and then again, where's this data being shared? It's the IRS today, but is it the FBI tomorrow? And is it the CIA the next day? You know, who else has access to, to this biometric data? Like it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's always a slippery slope when you talk about facial recognition. Always a slippery slope. And I got, I got to, I got to push back on you, Terrence, because the algorithmic justice league is the shit. Um, joy, joy is doing her thing. I see, I see is, who's behind it, but joy come up with a better thing. name, Jack. I mean, you know, they want, they're, they're superheroes. They're saving us from, 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 you know, the, the evils of, of privacy invaders. Hey, I, I, I support the movement. Uh, we had to talk. <laughs> we need to workshop that. They need to think about some some better PR. <laughs> so, guys, let's talk about streaming services. I, I know this is not the first time we've had this conversation on the Tech John. It will not be the last time we have this conversation because they are a big part of tech that a lot of people use, and more people seem to be using them um, darn near daily. But uh, you know, there were a couple of uh, news bits that came out uh, here in just the last week or so. So Disney Plus will add a tier with ads later this year. Um, kind of expected that. Um, NBC, and this is a big one. NBC is pulling its next day content from Hulu and sending it to Peacock. So that is uh, something that we need to discuss. 
Um, and then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, just like, you know, I think we mentioned this before about just how many black households are actually moving over to streaming and cutting the cord. That's that number is still going up. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, actual, uh, niche content out there, black content. I'm doing air quotes right now. I can't see my fingers, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of content out there that is specifically targeting, uh, demographics, uh, that we can get into. But, uh, I wanted to start off with the Disney, uh, you know, question. Would you, you know, I don't know. I, I have Disney plus, um, I wouldn't pay less for it now to, to have to actually watch ads, but I might think about it if, you know, if I were signing up to begin with. So I think, uh, with uh, Disney plus they have been on a tear since they've been in existence. I mean, they, I think, uh, in q uh, Q4 last year, they added just under 30 million new subscribers. So, I mean, they're really running their numbers up, but those numbers are going to eventually start pulling back. So how do they continue to do it? Okay. Well, maybe those tiers are too expensive for some folks. Let's give them a cheaper tier potentially, uh, with ads in it. Would you be willing to sign up to a streaming service with ads? I mean, I already have a couple that, that have ads. I mean, I have, I have, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily paying for all of them. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I got a Peacock account that is ad supported. Um, my Hulu is ad supported. Um, so it, 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 on one hand, it kind of defeats the purpose of having a streaming service. But then on the other hand, like this stuff is expensive. And, and if you mm-hmm. have, you know, multiple services, it starts costing as much as cable. I mean, and, and I still have cable because it doesn't make sense to separate that out from my Verizon, from my Fios. So it's just like it, this stuff starts adding up. And, and if, you know, watching an ad or two can save me, you know, a couple dollars per streaming service, you know, which might end up saving me $30 a month total, uh, I would, I would do it. I mean, I don't, I don't see a problem with it right now. The ads are not like, too egregious you know you might get two bundles of them within some programming um so it's not like you know regular tv every five minutes there's a commercial coming on but you know i just think we have too many streaming services in general um it's a damn if you do damn if you don't right because if you if the networks television companies streaming services are not throwing a bunch of ads at you all day long to where it I don't want to say YouTube is unwatchable, but you got to be paying attention to watching YouTube mm-hmm. so you can click skip ad or whatever, or you'll be on a, you look up you five minutes worth of ads I if you're know. not paying attention on YouTube, right? Oh, <laughs> it's either if they're not dumping all these ads on you, they got to charge you. And as you can see with Netflix, um, a uh, couple other ones, you know, they, they're start slowly starting to climb them prices up. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, at this point, it's like, the only way you can almost to get something to substantialize or even for them to level out is to stop watching TV at all. And who's going to do that? Right. I know. <laughs> it is. We, we, we've let this genie out of the bottle and it, it kind it of, we're it not is. getting it back in at this mm-hmm. point. Like I said, I have Disney plus, but it's not one of my main, like net it's for me. It is, it is Hulu. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Those are the ones that I'm absolutely watching, um, at least one or two of them every day. Um, Disney Plus is, oh, there's, this is on. I want to go watch this or this is on. I want to go watch this. So the question always comes up. It's like, do I really need to pay for this? I'll give you an example. I am a huge, 
I, I'm not going to call myself a Trekkie because I know people who are Trekkies and I'm not that kind of insane about Star Trek, but I really, 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 really like the show. I've seen every episode of every series of Star Trek, uh, up to, up until Picard. I haven't watched it yet just because I haven't renewed my Paramount, uh, Paramount uh, subscription yet. But he, the thought in my mind is that the only thing that I watch on Paramount are Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. That's it. There's nothing else that I that I know of that I would actually watch there. So what I have done to try to keep my cost down, I wait until their seasons are over. Then I sign up and binge watch the entire season over the course of a week where I literally it'll cost me seven, eight bucks. And then I cancel again. Um, just because I feel like I'm starting to get nickel and dime because it's like, man, it's like one of the, you know, one of my reasons for cutting the core was because I wanted to, in, in some form or fashion, kind of reduce my bill. And what, how do you say it, uh, Terrence? It's like, you're never getting, you're never cutting your bill. You actually had a saying, I can't remember what you, you know, what you said. And the fact that you're looking up and left, you probably can't remember it either. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, what I, what, but you know what these streaming services need to do. <laughs> You got all these different streaming services. You got Netflix and Disney Plus and NBC and Apple TV and uh, the Paramount Plus and Peacock. You know what they need to do? What if they grouped together for like a a bundle to where like for you, Rob, to where if you only watch one show, but you really don't want to pay for Paramount, but you'll pay for a couple other ones. Maybe they group them together to where you're paying like a. Uh, I don't want to call it a uh, uh, a monthly rate, but you have all these new channels to where you can have multiple things to where you're watching this uh, a subscription. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. It sounds exactly it sounds like, like a cable, cable subscription. But here's the thing, because right. right. here's right. one here's one of the other things I put in there. Um, Apple TV. Um, um, and what, I always just call it Apple TV, but I guess it's Apple TV Plus. They're going to be, begin rolling out to uh, Com Comcast Xfinity platforms. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, you're now actually going to get Apple TV on a cable box. Um, it, you know, have we come, have we come full circle on this? Because I think for a lot of people initially, like the, the early on cord cutters, they really were seeing a significant discount and I can just get my content in these other, in these other ways and I'm going to pay less. And if I'm honest, I still probably pay a little bit less now than when I was paying, uh, you know, for my cable, but they keep offering. It's like, you know, I don't have any cable subscription. I just have internet. Well, to add cable to my existing internet subscription, it's like maybe another $9 a month. Basically. That's why I still have it. Cause yeah. it literally is a nominal fee and it's like, well, all right. Well, I mean, I still watch some stuff on cable, you know what I mean? So, um, it, it but it is, it's, a, it's just, you know, it's a scam yeah, so. <laughs> and, and we are just getting sucked in by content, content, content. And I think, you know, as, as humans, we just have to do a better job of, of turning the TV off, honestly, because it, it, we have way too many choices now. You know, we are there's and there's some sort of psychology around giving people too much choice that, you know, ruins their brains and makes them unhappy, you know, and that whole thing. I can't there's a whole theory behind that. Um, so I, I, I think we just really need to, you know, 
prioritize two or three and then mm. let FOMO do whatever it. it's yep, going to yep, do. Yep, you know? yep. Um, yeah, my brain's not going to allow me to do that. There's just too much television that I want to watch. I don't Look, I actually already, watch a lot, but I just want the opportunity to. But before before we uh, close this one out, I wanted to hit you uh, on this one. I think I mentioned it, uh, where Hulu is going to soon lose next day uh, for NBC. So it looks like all of the individuals, it's like, you know, when this stuff first started, there was Hulu and there was Netflix. And then you start, okay, well, CBS is going to do their thing. And now, um, you know, Paramount's going to do their thing. And now Peacock with NBC is now doing their thing and they want to put their own content on their own platform. But the problem is that that makes me have to, okay, now I have to have a Peacock account. Now I got to have a Paramount Plus account. Now I got to have an Apple, you know, Apple TV account. Now I got to have all these different accounts and. I'm like I said, I'm just wondering, are you going to get people who are doing, you know, more things like me? There, there are two shows that I like to watch on Paramount. Therefore, I, I wait till those seasons are over and binge watch for the entire, uh, you know, you or know, for the entire show. Get a new email address, sign up for the free trial and cancel it. Oh, they didn't get, they didn't get hip to that. I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get hip. They, they actually are getting it with your IP address. Looks like you've, it looks like you signed up before and they'll even throw up. Is it, I can't remember which service has done this, but one of them has, um, to where they, they, they're looking at your IP address and it's like, you know, you can't sign up for another free account from the, you know, from this IP, from this IP range. They're so you probably could get ultimately. past it, but I'm not trying to do shady stuff yeah. to get past it. So, right. Ult- ultimately, um, it's going to take us, like Stephanie said, it's going to take us to say, this is it. I'm only subscribing to this, this and this. And then that's it. And then these companies will figure it out and they'll dial it back or they'll consolidate. Or they'll learn how to bundle. Like you, right. like, like you said, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll figure out how to bundle the services you know, together, we'll start to see some mergers of, of some of the major streaming services. And, you know, I think Disney plus, well, Disney plus is Disney plus Hulu, um, ESPN, all of that. So they're already a bundle basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but maybe we see, you know, Netflix and, and, Peacock or Netflix and Discovery Plus. I can see Netflix and Discovery Plus getting together or or somebody else. We're I think we are gonna start to see some bundles um come through. Cause it, it is. It, it's just too much. It's too much. It's, yeah, it's, too gonna, much. it's gonna take us to say no. And then, but, oh, what about this? I'm like, no. Well, what about no. all right, maybe? No, I don't want <laughs> exactly. It is, it is. There's not enough hours in a day to even watch everything that, you know, is on and available anymore. So it's crazy. Well, y'all, um, we have covered a lot in this episode. I think this is episode 25 of the Tech John. So we're at the end of the show and uh, we're going to do what we always do at the end. And we're going to go into our the Tech John spotlight. So today's spotlight is on Marion R. Croak, who holds over 200 patents, more than 100 in the area of voice over IP or, v- or VoIP. Dr. Croke grew up in New York City. She attended Princeton University and completed her doctoral studies at the University of Southern California in 1982, specializing in social, excuse me, so specializing in social psychology and quantitative analysis. She joined AT&T at Bell Labs in 1982 with a position in the Human Factors Research Division, looking at how technology could be used to positively impact people's lives. She pioneered the use of phone network services that make it easy for the public to donate to crisis appeals. Dr. Croke filed a patent for text-based donations to charity in 2005, revolutioning 
revolutionizing how text-based donations could be made. Her technology was used to raise over $43 million during the 2010 Haiti earthquake crisis. She subsequently went on to work uh, on with network engineering and advocated for switching from wired phone to um, IP protocol technology. Dr. Croak was inducted into the Women in Technology Hall of Fame in 2013, honored for outstanding technical contribution at the 28th Annual Black Engineer of the Year Awards at the STEM Conference in Washington, D.C. in 2014. And then the same year, she was listed as the most influential women in wireless list by Fierce Wireless. Dr. Croak left AT&T in 2014 to join Google, where she serves as a vice president for engineering and leads the Research Center for Responsible AI and Human Center Technology. In 2020, 21, she became one of the first two black women inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. So, right so she has got a bunch of degrees and the, uh, the stuff that we're doing right now. We are essentially using voice over IP as well as video, but this is her stuff. She had a hundred patents, um, well over a hundred patents that went into, uh, you know, this technology. And she's been working on this stuff since the, uh, since the eighties. But the, I'm like, curious, I'm curious as to with the patents, are those her patents or are they property of AT&T Bell Labs? Are they property of probably a combination? Um, Okay. I would imagine a combination. She was working there. So I, like, I, I don't know this to be fact, but I'm just going to tell you from um, situations that I've been in um, and companies that I've worked for where you actually develop a patent while you're working at the company, you know, the company, you are the patent holder and the uh, the company often will get like a unlimited license to use it. Um, in many cases, I know that there have been cases where you develop it and the company actually takes it. But, you know, the you know, the community doesn't really like that. So I think that in, uh, you know, um, in a lot of organizations, and like I said, I don't know this about her, but she is the actual patent holder. Uh, you know, I've read that a couple of different places. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. But no, it's like, you know, just, you know, stuff that we don't think about the ability to do a, a web call, you know, came from a black woman. Once again, she's not that old. She's in her, she's in her mid sixties. Um, still doing this. She is a current employee at Google still coming up with crazy you know crazy stuff that we use every day so shout um, out to Miss Marion shout out to Miss Marion R. Croak so we're at the end of the show um, as always we want to give uh, our patrons uh, a little bit of a shout out we didn't have any patrons or new patrons this week we didn't have any raises this week but you know what we did have we launched a new store at the techjohn.com forward slash shop and there was about 10 or so folks who actually went out and supported us by buying some of our swag. So I can't yell out names, but I do want to just thank all of y'all, uh, you know, in, in a group. Thank for everybody who's gone out to the store uh, and has picked something up. Thank well, you. Charles in the chat said he grabbed, he picked up a um, mug. mug. Okay. And Saray has something on the way as well as, okay. as, as we speak. Okay. We will definitely shout out Charles. And I, you know, I, I shouldn't know. Saray actually, we were talking about it because I, I actually texted her personally and said, Hey, stores up. So she was in there literally moments after. Um, so, but yeah, but there's, it's, you know, it's, it's more than just those two. So there's like, so there's about 10 different folks who have been in there. So once again, thank you for that. And, and as I said before, you head over to thetechjohn.com forward slash shop and you can see all the different swag that uh, we've got over there. With and our there's logo some good stuff in there. I got I still need to get a sweatshirt. I want that little uh, drawstring backpack. 
Um, that looked really cute. So, I, and I definitely need a coffee mug. So, I still got to get some stuff. Lots of, lots of stuff in yeah, the swag just, shop. Go check it out, folks. It's good stuff over there. So, with that being said, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell folks how they can get to you? You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. And uh, you can check out my website at tilldeathyoutweet.com. And you can find me everywhere at Brother Tech, B R O T H A T E C H. I also co-host another apple basic well not apple basic apple specific uh podcast called snob os cast you can go to snob uh also this week uh apple is announcing some things tomorrow uh me and my co-host nika moffer from snob os will be on the daily tech news show to kind of recap everything that apple announces tomorrow so you can definitely catch uh, catch me tomorrow or later on this week on uh, the Daily Tech News Show. Cool. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And also we are at The Tech John on all the things. That is The Tech J-A-W-N. So uh, once again, head over to our new shop, thetechjohn.com forward slash shop and check out some of the swag that we have over there to help us support the show. And with that, y'all, until we meet again next week, peace. peace. 